It's the M and S monthly podcast show for everything business and entrepreneurship and the best business tips and secrets with your hosts, Michael and Simon. On today's podcast, Michael and Simon are speaking about their cycle of productivity. It's a simple philosophy that helps you take action for the things you want to appear in your life. We share our thoughts about building your plan. So the first thing to do is we go in to create, create the plan. Then we do the work. And once you've done the work, you complete. We call this phase completer finishes. And the last part of the cycle is called acknowledge, which means that goal is finished. And what were the lessons, good and bad? By simply acknowledging what went well, what do we need to continue doing? And what are the things that we need to stop doing? For the next time, and the plan goes on, we call this part rinse and repeat. The only reason stopping you from achieving your goals right now is you. So let's get started with today's podcast. And welcome to the M&S monthly podcast show. Today, I want to start by sharing with our listeners my big why. Because I'm not sure if we have shared enough of our journeys around the world together, Simon. The amount of conversations we've had by just sharing our thoughts and our beliefs, these conversations have shaped the people we are today. They have, Michael. Yeah, they have. We have been on some incredible journeys. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, but we also mentor each other, coach each other and support each other. And we've been around the world. We've been on cycling trips. We've been across to Thailand and it's been amazing. And that time of being with a fellow entrepreneur, someone who really understands, you know, what it's like to run a business, to lead a busy life, to aim to have a successful and fulfilling life is invaluable when you can share these the kind of experiences and stories that we've shared. But the issue I find is our own memory. There's a lot of our conversations that are forgotten by the time we get home. A lot of our conversations, the golden nuggets, the go, they go out the window too. And this is why we are here today, to share our stories with the one intention to power up our listeners, to take action and make the change they want in their life. I think I'm a lot like our listeners. We all need someone cheering us on from the sidelines. If you like our podcast, please remember to follow us and let us be your very own cheerleaders. But just one thing before we start today's podcast, just remember, self-doubt is one of the most limiting factors you will face in your journey. With us by your side, I can assure you, you're not alone. So Simon, today's about planning. So let's get going and speak about the cycle of productivity and how the process can power up 
your systems, your beliefs, and your actions. Some people refer to the cycle of productivity as the road to success or the wheel of opportunity. Yeah. Do you think they are one of the same? Yes, I do, Michael. I think when it comes to organising our business, our life, the direction we want to travel in, having models like the cycle of productivity to create that very clear that vision, that pathway to success are very helpful. And I just wanted to pick up on one of the points you mentioned earlier before we go into it. You know, you mentioned about our memory that we forget things. Uh, one of the things I would like the listeners to know is that you and I often record our conversations. Um, we either use a, a, an app like Evernote to make notes or we actually record some of the uh, conversations and the golden nuggets that we almost stumble across, don't we? we? We feel like we've stumbled across this golden nugget, this insight. And I would encourage everybody to capture their thoughts, use your phone, use your app, uh, use a recording device to make sure you capture everything that you experience in life. That's my start point. Because you know, before you can create a plan of where you want your business and your life to be, it's really important to understand where you've come from and some of the lessons that you've learned in your life. And that's where the cycle of productivity comes in. Uh, the cycle of productivity is a really nice little model. It's pictured like a, a circle of four arrows um, in the shape of a wheel, if you like. And the very first arrow starts with the word create. And what it's saying is at this point, at this first stage, you would think about creating a plan for your life. Yeah, that's the creation. This is where all your ideas are coming from. This is where all your thoughts are accumulating. And this is then when you want to shape your future. So you'd sit down and create a plan. Now, let's take something very simple because... Obviously, a plan could be a whole life plan, a whole business plan, or it could just be a particular project. And I think it's easier to think about the cycle of productivity in the form of a project. And you would start by creating a plan for that project. The second stage is doing, the actual doing stage. So you've created a plan, you've got this idea, you've got the project, you're now going to start implementing it and taking action. That leads around to the third stage, which is completing it. But do you know the really interesting thing, Michael, for so many of us is that many people don't even get off the first stage. You know, we have all these great ideas, they come, and then we have another idea, you know, and, and then we've got another idea, and we're a year down the line, and we haven't actually even started anything. So that can happen to a lot of us. The second stage, the doing stage, is where we can have that plan, have that project. We start it, but we don't actually move on to stage three. We never complete it. You know, we, we, and then we go back to another idea. We've got another idea and we create another plan and we start that, but we don't always complete. Why do you think that is? I think in one sense, it's a skill set. 
you know, we talk about um, highly skillful people are usually completer finishers. They complete the tasks they've been set. But I think the other part to it is that, that maybe the plan isn't robust enough. It doesn't see it all the way through to completion. Other things get in the way. You know, we all live in a really busy world, don't we? There's a lot to achieve every day, every week, and we can easily get distracted. And I think we also, if we haven't planned well, we lose sight of that end goal and what it is we're actually trying to achieve. It was Stephen Covey who said, begin with the end in mind. But the end in mind has to be to complete the task. And we don't always do that. From the people I speak to, I say to them, can I see your plan? And they say, I haven't written it down. It's all in my mind. Do you think that is one of the reasons why majority of people are not completers because they rely too often on their mind and the plan isn't written down? I was only reading the other day a book called The Atomic Habits and the gentleman was talking about not only writing it down, but vocalizing the words that are written down because that adds another element into your subconscious to say, I can see it written down and I'm talking to myself. Yes. So what do you think? Why don't people finish a particular project? You're hitting the nail on the head by saying that we don't write things down. You and I have both learned even in our own projects, you know, when we wanted to cycle around Europe 600 miles in six days, that only happened because we, we spoke about it for a while, but it only happened when we started to write it down and then created a, a plan, a deadline, you know, uh, aspirations and specific goals around that happening. You know, it's like anything in life. If you want something to happen, you not only have to have a clear picture of it, but you do need a written down plan. You know, if you're inventing a kettle, for example, you can have the picture in your mind, but you still need to then put that down on paper, create the design, write it down, have it all clearly laid out, and only then can someone act on it. You know, we, we are very visual creatures as human beings, but we also need structure. And when you write something down, it enables that structure to start to be built. In the first item on your cycle of productivity, you say, start from where you've come. Mm. And then on the second point you make about Stephen Covey, he says, start with the end in mind. Mm. So in your terms, where should your plan really start from really be created from very very good point michael because we haven't yet reached point number four on the cycle of productivity correct point number one is create create the plan you move around to doing it uh, if you're really good you'll move all the way around to completing it but the challenge then for a lot of teams in particular is they create the plan, they do it, they complete it, but they quickly move on to the next plan. They're now creating something else, doing it, completing it. 
and they cut out probably the most vital ingredient to all planning, which is stage number four. And stage number four is what I call acknowledge. And acknowledge is where all the lessons are learned from the time that we created that plan, we achieved it, we, we did it, and then we completed it. What I want teams to do, what I encourage teams and leaders to do is then stop. Stop and think about everything that you've accomplished in that plan. List it down, all our accomplishments. And then maybe look at, are there any, were there any disappointments? Did we struggle along the way? What got in our way? Was there a barrier? And how did we overcome it? Because if we can start to analyze everything that we accomplished, all the disappointments, we can then start to build a list of some of the really key lessons that we can learn from that project, for example. Everything that we can learn. And then we can take those lessons about how well we performed or not, as the case may be, before we move on and start creating the next plan. So armed with those lessons, we will create a much better plan because we'll be able to take those lessons with us. And that's the challenge for most organizations, governments, teams, individuals. We don't carry the lessons of the past into our current planning model. And that's where Stephen Covey, is, is he touches upon it. In his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he mentions begin with the end in mind. But he also mentions the seventh habit of sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw is about learning the lessons so that we become sharper, we become more effective, and we create better plans. Then we take better actions and we complete in a much more effective way. And then we can take the lessons again to build the next plan and round and round the wheel of the cycle of productivity we go. So if you consider the statement done is pet better than perfect, yes. what, where, where does review the project come in? Because by the way you're speaking, you're moving on to the next project, but you haven't reviewed and fine-tuned the first one. Yes, well, that's what stage four is uh, in the acknowledge, is to review it and take those lessons. But I think you're making a really interesting point because I'm calling it stage four. And therein lies the challenge, because what I would like us to think about is moving that model around a little bit so that it's not stage four, it's actually stage one. Let's start by reviewing the lessons before we create the plan. So creating the plan becomes stage two, doing becomes stage three, and completing is the final stage. If we get into the habit, we, if we create this new way of operating, always start by acknowledging where have we come from? What are the lessons that we can draw from the past, from the previous project, you know, from last year, for example, and take those lessons from our accomplishments, i.e. all the ingredients to our success, and from our disappointments, i.e. What, what might we do differently? Or if we, with hindsight, what could we do differently? 
let's take those lessons and start with those lessons. And from those lessons, point one, acknowledge, make creating the plan step number two. So as an entrepreneur, I would consider myself a visionary type of person. So I see things very visually. Let's put the cycle of productivity in a very visual setting. We have one acre plot of land that's been granted to us to build our ideal home. Under stage one, create, what do you think goes in to stage one, creating the ideal home? Well, I would argue that we should not be at the creation stage in stage one. I would go back to the acknowledge and I would start with acknowledge. And what I mean by that is if I'm stood there standing on this plot of land, the very first thing I need to be thinking about is what do I know about this plot of land? What do I know about building a house? Do I have the expertise and the skills and the knowledge to be able to complete this task? What are some of the lessons that I can bring from maybe previous projects that I may or may not have been involved in and and start with thinking about those lessons? And what I might find is that if if this is the first time, for example, I'm stood on this land and I've never built a house before, my lesson is going to be I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need an architect, a surveyor. I'm going to need some expert advice on this particular piece of land what lies underneath the land as well as on top of it you know all those elements and start with thinking about some key lessons that i can take into the next stage which would then be to sit down and start creating a plan it doesn't stop me being visionary by the way at this stage i think that's that's very important to have that very clear picture I remember listening to Jim Rowan once and he talked about, you know, his ideal home uh, that he wanted to have built. He would describe it in such detail that people would even see where the fireplace is. You know, he said one time even bumped his elbow on the fireplace. He pictured it that that in that much detail. And I think that's really an interesting concept. When we visualize, let's get that picture really clear. And that could sit in the acknowledged section. Without doubt, you wouldn't build your house on sand. Part of the create stage is ensuring the ground under the house be built on rock. That is in the planning stage, the creating stage. So I'm really interested by what you say, that let's put the acknowledgement before the create phase, because creating it, is ensuring the land is ideal before you start the project. Yes, that's true. But again, if you're acknowledging first, then you're thinking about what skills do I have, what support, what help do I need, you know, in order to make the right decisions in respect of where I place this house on this land and how how I place this house on this land. It reminds me of the story in Think and Grow Rich, where the guy purchased a huge acreage of land in search for gold and he started digging and sure enough he struck gold and there was seemed like an endless 
uh, stream of gold and he bought lots of equipment. He brought it all in. They started digging. But after a few months, the seam seemed to run out and he didn't know what to do. And he literally on the on the hoof almost, it seems, he just made the decision that, well, there's no more gold. So he sold the equipment, sold the land and just about got his money back. But the reality was that the person that bought it off him, the first thing he did was he sat down and thought, what are some of the lessons here? What's going on with this land? What do I know about it? And he decided that he would bring in expert help and advice. And he brought in all the experts and they explained to him that if you look at the live of the land, then if you move all the equipment over by three feet, you'll find and dig a little bit deeper, you should find that this stream of gold slants deeper into the ground. And he discovered the largest gold mine in the whole of America. Previous guy then went on to build the biggest insurance company in America because he took the lessons of not planning well enough, of not really seeking that expert advice. He took the lessons into building a huge uh, global organization in the insurance industry. So let's put a fun edge to our podcast today. I'm going to give you a one acre plot of land. Tell me what your ideal home will look like. Oh, well, I'm sure um, everybody listening now will have a very nice picture coming into their head of what their home will look like. I would love to have a house that has a swimming pool. You know, I'd love to be able to swim every day. I'd love it to have lots of space and lots of room. My wife plays a piano, so I'd love a room with a huge grand piano in it. Uh, a lovely big open fire. I'd love a log fire, Michael. You know, one of these kitchens with a central console, all gleaming and clean and white. So, yeah, I could, you know, I'm almost building it now in my head, room by room. What colour are the doors? They're white. I like like it to be clean, uh, a nice white door. Some doors will have glass in them so you can perhaps see into the next room if it's that kind of room. I'd have a library. Everybody that's successful in life has a library, don't they? What we've got to make sure is if we have a library that those books are not shelf development, they're more self-development and we, we take the time to read them. So it's not just about the home. It's about the environment. It's about, it's about the way I would live my life as well. I would build my home around the way I live my life. And I'm sure that would be true of everybody listening. What do you mean by that? So I think for me, my home would reflect the lifestyle I want to lead. So I would like a more relaxing environment than the busy world I live in right now, for example. I'd like a nice library with a, some sofas to be able to sit in and, and sit and read books with some gentle music playing in the background. A swimming pool, I could wake up every morning and swim 20 lengths. You know, uh, that, that would create an amazing lifestyle. A place I could bring friends and family to and invite guests to and I'm beginning to get quite excited, Michael. Where is this plot of land you're going to give me? Wow, it's amazing, isn't it? When you start visualising it, what begins to happen in your own subconscious. So that's a really great start to building your ideal home. Now, let's move on to 
part number two of the cycle of productivity, the doing. What's the next thing for you in building your ideal home? So the doing then would be, uh, if, if I'm, I'm at stage three, remember, you're calling it stage two, but I'm, so I've acknowledged, I've thought about this, I've got this vision, I've taken some lessons from the past, I've brought in the experts. Now we've sat down, we've created the plan now we've got the plan, of course, it's about implementing it and doing it and ordering the bricks and signing up the builder, et cetera, et cetera, and starting to get the groundworks dug. And literally, it's the phased doing, the phased building of that property step by step by step. So the doing part is very detailed, actually. You want to know exactly what the steps are, when they're going to be completed by, who's going to do them. And I think that's a very, very important part of the cycle of productivity. So in your in building your ideal home, you know exactly what you're going to build. Why don't you just start building? I reflect on a Bible passage, actually, that says, don't start anything until you've counted the cost first. And, you know, I, I might order the wrong bricks. I might order too many, not enough. I might be digging in the wrong part of the land. I've got to think about all the groundworks. You know, if I, if I don't put foundations in and I just start building, I'm going to be in trouble when the hurricane comes, you know, or when the floods rise. So it's essential that I'm working to that plan. And I'm following it step by step by step. Otherwise, this is this dream home could very quickly become, you know, the builder's nightmare, couldn't it? So we're now moving on to getting the work done. But before we talk about getting the work done, we are going to take a very short break. In part two, we are going to come back and talk about completing the project we will be back with a coach by your side you can be invincible and nothing is impossible but not all coaches are equal why is it some coaches get outstanding results while others struggle in today's market the very best coaches are armed with three powerful tools one a proven methodology that works every time two a mapping and tracking system three an ability to prove the return on investment. Without all three you are going nowhere. With all three client impact is enormous, and the opportunities are endless. These coaches are called New Level Results Coaches. Find out if you make the grade at newlevelresults.co.uk And we are back for the second part of our podcast today. At the end of the first part of our podcast, we spoke about building our ideal home. And we're at the stage of the cycle of productivity called completing. Why do so many people not achieve their goals, do you think? So many people don't achieve their goals, Michael, for two reasons, I believe. One is they've not really sat down and gone through the cycle of productivity that we're talking about. They've not taken the lessons from where they are, you know, from, from everything they've learned to date, sat down, actually written down their plan, and then created an action plan of 
when, how, where, and who is going to do the various sections of that so that they actually know then when they're when they've completed and then they can celebrate that success. So they don't have that written down plan. They don't have that very clear structure. Uh, the second thing is that I'm very passionate about helping people to understand their values because I believe that our values are actually much more important than our goals. And the reason why many people don't achieve their goals is because they're not always congruent with their values and they don't actually understand what their values are. And I think it's a really important exercise to sit down and think about, well, what are my values? Why do they shape me? How do they influence the way I think and the decisions that I make and the people I surround myself with? And understand, have a really good understanding of your values. That is like the rock. That's creating the rock. And then the goal is to build something on that rock and set goals that are congruent with our values. So it's a very interesting thing that we did with the Coxless crew when they rode across the Pacific Ocean. The very first exercise we did with the team was to sit down and understand what were their team values before we built the actual plan. What do you mean by values exactly in terms of building your ideal life or in this exercise, building your ideal home? Yes, yeah, so your values determine the way that you think. They're, they're like your inner DNA. What, why do certain things worry me or cause me anxiety or, you know, they, they annoy me? <laughs> it's often because they're rubbing up against my values. And why do I um, associate with certain other people? I like them. I share, I share their values in, in a sense, you know, they're, they I'm I'm I can associate with them you know and so our values for example you know I'll give you a couple of my values one of my values is harmony I really love the idea of being in a harmonious environment and it's important to me you know it comes from you know needing to have peace in my life and that's a very strong urge so in a way a value can be a strong urge you know, it's why you err towards something or even away from something, because that's a subconscious value based decision. So your values shape your goals. Absolutely. Just now you said one of the reasons why people do not achieve their goals is simply because they haven't written them down and got to work. Is it that simple? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's that simple in the sense that if you don't have something written down, how can you expect to achieve it? You know, uh, and if you don't understand your values and write something down, you may be writing down the wrong goals. So I think it's important to understand your values, think about your goals, then write them down. Set yourself a goal. You know, we, we see it all the time, don't we? New Year's resolutions. How many people make a New Year's resolution, but they don't write it down? And within a week of that new year, that resolution has gone out the window. If we write it down, we've now created something to measure. And going back to what you said earlier, it's not just writing it down. It's tell someone else. 
<laughs> write it down and tell someone else I'm going to go to the gym every morning for the whole of January and the whole of February and because they can hold me accountable. Now, I've got two things now that would hold me accountable. That piece of paper that I keep looking at that keeps speaking to me because I've written it down. So I see it visually and I hear it for when I wrote it down. But if I've got someone else that knows what's on that piece of paper, they can hold me accountable. When you say that piece of paper, I hope I'm right in saying you have a journal and that piece of paper is not a piece of paper that's going to get lost. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'd encourage everybody to have a journal. It might be an online journal. Uh, It might be a notepad. I am a bit bad sometimes for post-it notes. I end up with post-it notes being stuck everywhere. But as long as you've got it in a place that you're not going to lose it or lose sight of it, then it will really work for you to have it written down. So let's just recap. A goal is one of our dreams, for example. Mm -hmm. And providing we write it down, are you saying all goals are, are in our sights? Yes, and I would say that all goals are achievable. You know, nothing is impossible. Our capability as human beings is endless. It's phenomenal what we're achieving now. Look at people like Elon Musk and the way he's leading his life and the impact he's having on the world and the inventions he's coming up with. You know, you would you would have argued, you know, five, ten years ago that these these feats were completely impossible for man to ever achieve, but they're not. And I think we can dream impossible dreams, but then what we've got to do is take those dreams and start writing them down, start really formulating a plan and take the lessons from the past, create that plan, because only then can we start the doing process. Thomas Edison, I'm sure, would have have had a very clear written down plan of what he wanted the light bulb to look like. It might have taken 10,000 attempts, but he never gave up. He persisted because he had that plan, you know, and he was in the doing phase for probably a lot longer than he wanted to be. But he was doing it because he had a very clear picture of where he wanted to get to. So what do you think about having a goal? And maybe you're not talented enough to achieve that goal. Yeah, well, I think there's two elements to that for me. I believe that a lot of people are much more talented than they think they are. You know, we can convince ourselves that horrible voice in our head that says we're not good enough. We're not talented enough. We need self-doubt. Yeah, self-doubt. And if we can create the other voice, the voice of the angel that says how amazing we are and how, how good we are, then we'll go for it. But I think the other side to it is that if, if we don't have the skills, then let's get help. You know, why achieve a goal on your own? It, it's so much more powerful when you're working with other people. Like you and I have set some incredible goals. Uh, and, and, you know, it's very lonely, isn't it, being an entrepreneur? Very lonely. Uh, and not everybody understands the life that we live. We never stop working. Our brain is working 24-7 on our business. We never really rest. Ideas flood in, it's exciting, it's energizing, but it's also can be exhausting. So sharing that load and sometimes a burden if it's not going well with others 
can halve that load, you know, and then then we can formulate better plans. We can be challenged. We can other people can help us unlock the lessons. Other people can bring the skills to help us to achieve. You know, just on that final part, just make a final point on that. Andrew Carnegie is an amazing character to look at from the 1900s. He was the world's richest man when he died. In in fact, when he died, he'd given all his wealth away. But up to that point, he became the world's richest man from being a, a pauper in Scotland, you know, living in a very poor family. His number one reason for ending up being the most, the world's most richest man was he built around him people who were more successful than him. He was looking for talent, people who knew more, people who were more skillful. He just had this art form of bringing around him the very best people and motivating and inspiring them. But he would always say that, you know, I don't have the talent, I don't have the skills and I don't have the capability, but I do have one thing. I can get people around me that have all those things. And I think there's one other thing, one other word that you're missing out in that statement there. When talent does not show up, consistent behaviours, routines and habits beat talent every time. Yes. So let's come back to the cycle of productivity. Okay. With our ideal home. Let's talk about completing. What does the completing stage look like? Yes. So it's really interesting, isn't it? That the, the completing stage for me would be all those finishing touches. The house is built. You're stood outside that front door looking up at it. And you're seeing everything go in and you walk in and it's exactly as you want it. You know, there's your marble staircase or whatever it is that's in your picture. And you're going around now and you're maybe putting pictures on the wall. You know, you're making it, you're transforming it from a house into a home. And for me, that's the completion stage. We are at that point in the project where we can sign it off. And it's those last few snags, finishing touches, checking, signing it off, you know, being paid for the work (laughs) is completion in, in, you know, because the amount of contracts as an entrepreneur, as a business owner that I've entered into where we've signed the contract, we've won the work, we've gone and done the work, and then, you know, the company has not paid us or, or taken much longer to pay us. So that's not completion till you've been paid, till the money's in the bank, you know, in that sense. But in terms of the house, for me, it would be all those last finishing touches and then getting ready to party because the party is the acknowledged stage. It's the celebration. And we often complete and move straight into create again. We don't stop and celebrate our achievements. And maybe we could sit back in the celebration and also think about, you know, were there any challenges along the way of building this house? Because if I wanted to do this project again, then I would start with looking at the lessons that I could take from this project before I create a new plan for another similar project. So what does the acknowledging actually look like? Well, I think it was Gallup that did a survey that said that 68% of people would fire their boss if they could. 
<laughs> uh, which I think is really interesting because it's the leader's job to help people to uh, understand what they're there for, how they contribute, to acknowledge and recognize their contribution, to reward them and praise them and support them uh, and build them up. And that's our job as leaders is to build up the people around us and create future leaders. And taking that time out to celebrate the successes is, is part of that. You know, for me, the acknowledge stage is to find the answer to three simple questions. Number one, what did we achieve? What did we accomplish? Number two, what were we disappointed with? What maybe didn't go so well? And number three, what are the lessons we can draw from those two questions? Because those lessons will help us to celebrate, acknowledge, identify where we can improve, and then take all of that into the next phase of our development, either as an entrepreneur or as a team or even as a whole organization. And that is an absolute lovely place to finish our podcast today. Next month, we are going to be speaking about coaching and mentoring because today's podcast, when do you ask for help? Who do you ask for? For help. And the last point is who in your network can power you up to take the appropriate action? We are going to speak about this in our next MS monthly podcast show. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.